the one trickiest one for me was the daughter permission, the permission to actually succeed. This has come up for me many times because sometimes we think to ourselves, wow, that goal is so big. What will my life look like if I actually get there? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, Next Level University Weekly Meetup Monday. Today, we have a very, very special guest near and dear to Alan and my heart. She is a podcaster, a speaker, a coach, and a business owner, and she is genuinely one of the sweetest, most down-to-earth people on the face of the earth. Alan and I have the pleasure of talking to her every week, and she's also a podcaster, The Business of Happiness. Oh, yeah. It's a great podcast. If you haven't heard it, you should definitely tune in. We are going to be learning about the three permissions of self-empowerment today, and I am super excited to introduce Dr. Taryn McCarthy. All right, so to set the stage, we're going to go to exactly 6.40. It is 6.03 right now, so there's 37 minutes on the clock. As always, if you're out there on Facebook listening right now, you can comment live. Amy is behind the scenes. She will see the comments come through StreamYard, and then she will be willing to interrupt Taryn in her flow, and your questions can get asked throughout the keynote. At 640, if you're in Next Level Nation, there's going to be a Zoom link already in the comments for the post-meetup mastermind, basically about the keynote. And that's where you can get on there with the team. Amy will be in there. I think Dr. Taryn might also be there in, in there as well. And that's when you can discuss what you learned. I've got my notebook. I'm ready to rock. And here we go. Dr. Taryn. Thank you so much, Kevin and Alan. It's an honor to be here. And I'm so excited to share with you these three permissions that have made such an incredible difference in my life. Because I believe that every one of us has the opportunity to create our own reality. And intrinsic in that is this permission that we deserve and that we can tap into to give ourselves permission to see that reality to its fruition. You know, what is the difference between someone who is begging for love, who's looking for a great partner in her life, who's seeking out friendships in her world, constantly looking for a tribe who can see her for who she really is so that she can be authentically herself and love herself for who she is. What's the difference between that person and then the person who walks in and lights up a room and has an enormous magnetism about her and has this incredible partner, life partner, who loves her and adores her and sees her for who she really is? What's the difference between somebody who is so fearful about money, who resists understanding money, who only sees lack and limitations and even thinks that that money is not really available to her, in fact, in so much debt and drowning in debt that she seeks out a bankruptcy attorney because she just can't see a way out? The difference between her and then another person who 
sees wealth all around her, possibilities. Money just seems to flow to her. Every time she turns around, there's wealth and abundance all around her. What is the magic between those two personas? And what is the magic that's the difference between somebody who gets up every day and resents their job, resents their work, pushes through the work week just to get to the weekend, lives her days only two days a week, Saturday and Sunday, and kind of resents all the weekdays and the work that she has to put in. What's the difference between that person and someone who wakes up every morning excited to explore the day? Tuesday, Saturday, doesn't matter. Every day is an opportunity for excitement and passion, a spectacular way to live her life. I know what the difference is because I've been all those women. I've been each of them and I felt the devastation and the anxiety and the depression that I was swelling in and swimming in when I was in those places with just negativity. And now I feel the happiness and the fulfillment when I found and tapped into the three permissions that gave me the permission to live a beautiful, spectacular life. I learned the first permission from my niece, my three-year-old niece. Have you ever seen a three-year-old play? It's phenomenal. I I highly encourage each and every one of you to do this. Find a three-year-old in your life and see there are no holds barred. She has a Lego car that's flying through the air. Who cares about gravity, right? She has no limitations for her dreams. She can be a dinosaur in one minute and the queen of an magical country and another she can be a fox or a clown there are no rules all she's focusing on is how good this feels steps out of time no limitations even in terms of time dreaming the dreams of a creative child and the interesting thing is we were all once that three-year-old we were all once able to tap into dreaming and the power of dreaming. And somewhere along the line, we told ourselves that it's childish or sophomoric or that we have too many adulting things to do. And we forgot about the power of a dream because through dreams, that's how we find excellence. That's how every invention, anything that we're looking at, this computer, this social construct that we live in, this economy, this democratic culture, All of it was once a dream. You know, when Martin Luther King in 1968 said, I have a dream, that is what he meant. He had dreamt something that didn't yet exist. And he was sharing that, painting that portrait of success for all of us to see, sharing his vision with us. This is what incredible achievers and high-succeeding leaders do. They're able to dream and to allow themselves to imagine something outside of what is and set aside the limitations of reality. Being able to tap into that and give ourselves permission to dream. And sometimes you find yourself in a situation, you're like, this is not what I wanted. I am not happy in this job, in this house, in this relationship. But giving ourselves permission to dream something different, it's never too late. It's never too late if you give yourself permission. You know, dreams are incredible things because they also stimulate these great neurochemicals that Stephen Kotler talks about in terms of curiosity. They spark the neurochemicals of dopamine and norepinephrine, and they actually make us feel good. 
that in and of, of itself is a happiness booster because when we feel good, we can do good. You know, when you allow yourself to dream, those neurochemicals that are washing your brain open up portals for more creativity, for thinking outside the box. Dreaming also gives us a goal, a destination to work towards. I have this great picture of myself standing on top of a mountain in Slovenia and hiking there with my husband. And we're looking down this beautiful mountainside. It's spectacularly beautiful. And the bottom there is a lake, Lake Bled. And this picture of myself at the top of the mountain is such a great example of what is your dream? What is your goal? If my goal was just to get down to the bottom of the mountain, if my goal was just to make it to the shore and then suntan on the beach, then having that intention, having that goal, being specific about my dream allows me to know what tools I'm going to need along the way. You know, I know I'm going to need some great hiking boots. I might even need some ropes to repel or definitely in my backpack, I'm going to need some water and some food sources and some sunscreen. But see how my dream changes and my needs to achieve my dream changes if now I decide to actually end up on the other side of the lake. Maybe now my choices are going to be different. I don't want those same heavy hiking boots if I'm going to have to swim. Maybe I don't even need a backpack. Or maybe as I travel this journey down the mountainside, knowing that my ultimate dream or goal or destination is to be on the other side of the lake, I'll keep my eyes and ears open and see if Maybe someone's selling tickets to a boat ride across there. Or maybe somebody else knows how to get across. As I'm walking down, I might ask some questions and find some other resources. See how just having an idea of what your dream is sets us on a trajectory towards it. So many of us are living our lives just by default, just kind of taking for granted that we have any say in our reality when we really do. We don't have to be victims of our reality. We can always have choices. Another powerful aspect of dreaming is that dreaming creates a belief in yourself. The more we envision this dream, the more we give our brains a certain idea of reality. You know, just because maybe that person who we envision in our future doesn't yet exist doesn't mean that we don't give our brains evidence of the possibility of it. And when we revisit that dream over and over again, and I mean daily, this is a daily practice for me, we start to give our brains evidence that it's more and more likely, in fact, even inevitable. Belief in yourself increases belief in yourself. It paints a portrait of possibility the more you revisit this. So the only rules for dreaming, for giving yourself permission, is how does it feel? It's important, it's critical that it feels good because that's how you know whether or not this is a dream of yours. If you get into a dream that you've maybe borrowed from someone else, which is a great starting point, by the way, borrowing someone else's dream, then start to ask yourself, how does this feel? And if it feels uncomfortable or not quite the spectacular dream that you wish for yourself, then change it. Add some new details, new nuances. Create a dream, create a dream that is unique to your vision, to your dreams, and then keep revisiting it. There are no rules about 
sticking to one dream. You can change it up as you go along, but the key is focusing on how it feels. Because when we feel good, we can do good. And when we don't feel good, we make decisions out of a place of fear and anxiety and desperation. But when we feel good, now we can make some creative decisions. We can open up the possibilities for ourselves going forward. It's this very critical permission to dream. And so how do you do it? Well, you definitely have to set aside a place and time. You have to give yourself permission to have some quiet by yourself. I love putting on some music. And then establish the setting for yourself. Personally, I love to journal. So I just journal and I free flow thought on spectacular dreams I have for myself. You can also do a vision board if you love to be more artsy craftsy. That's something that I've definitely enjoyed doing um, in my years past. You can also do a business pro forma. This is how business owners dream. They create a vision for their business that's way off in the future. What is our goal? Where are we headed? Or personal manifesto for yourself. What is your goal for yourself, your dreams for yourself? But allow yourself to do so without limitations. However, being very specific because the more specific you become, the more likely you are to find the tools along the way. So an example of this is, you know, a couple of years ago, I really wanted to buy an orange Jeep. I love Jeep Wranglers because they make me feel alive. I love feeling every bump in the road. I love taking the roof down in the summer. So I'm obsessed with Jeep Wranglers. And I thought, I want an orange one. I haven't seen an orange one around anywhere. And one of the things I love is to really stick out in a crowd. So I thought, I'm going to get myself an orange Jeep. Well, wouldn't you know, the minute I decided or I put into my dreams orange jeep i started seeing them everywhere this is the basis of Rhonda burns book the secret that was so popular a couple of years ago and it's not magic it's just that we're tapping into our ability to find things in our environment that were always there but now we're making them available to us those orange jeeps were always driving around my neighborhood i had just ignored them this is an evolutionary psychological change that we've made to ourselves over time. We've had to do so because if we paid attention to every single stimulus coming at us, we would be overwhelmed. You know, in those cavemen days when the sound of the water running, the waterfall and the birds chirping and the wind rustling in the leaves, if all of those sounds were bombarding our brains, we couldn't be paying attention to the tiger looking in the woods. So we learned how to delete, how to compartmentalize, how to generalize, and how to put things outside of our attention so that we could pay attention to what actually was really important to pay attention to. So when we create a dream and we make it really super specific, it opens up our alertness to being able to Welcome back those stimuli again. All those orange Jeeps that we deleted in the past now suddenly become available to us. And it's so important because it sets us off on the trajectory of success leading towards our dream. You know, there was a time in my life where I had achieved some great things. I had created a dream for myself of becoming a dentist and I did it. 
I set aside literally my 20s. I sacrificed my 20s for this dream. And I, you know, didn't go to parties. I didn't go to family events. I, I really worked hard to become a dentist. And then I had all the great trappings of a successful dentist. I finally had everything that society told me would be successful. I had the fancy house and the fancy SUV in the driveway and super fancy husband and fancy kids, (laughs) fancy dog even. I mean, I had everything you could ask for. And I woke up one morning and looked at myself in the mirror and I was terrified. I was terrified. I didn't even recognize who was looking back at me. I had missed an important part of the algorithm of happiness, and that is the second permission that I'll share with you today. The permission to honor your own values. What had happened was I created a version of success that society had told me was success, that my parents had told me would be success, that my friends and my colleagues and my professors had established for me. And I'd never taken the time, never taken a moment to imagine what my values were. What did my success look like? You know, all of us think that we have such high values. Nobody walks around thinking, I don't have high values. We all think we have high values. But have you ever taken a moment to step back, to sit down and write them down? If I were to ask you right now, what are your values? Could you even tell me? Sometimes when I ask people this question, they struggle to even come up with one trying to remember, oh yeah, what are values again? It's interesting. It's a great exercise. And if you have done this in the past, I encourage you to do it again. Because as we experience our lives, as we go through new experiences, we begin to become more and more clear on what those values are for ourselves. Values are so important because when we find ourselves in anxiety or depression or overwhelm, What that's an indicator of is that we're living our lives or that we're performing actions or living out a purpose that is out of alignment with our values. There's an incongruity there. There was an inconsistency for me between the life I was living and my true values. And what's so fascinating is that now, years, decades later, I'm still a dentist. I'm still an orthodontist, still performing the same orthodontics for my patients, still putting smiles on people's faces every day. I still have the same husband, same children, even the same dog, but everything has changed because I turned around and I looked inward and I gave myself permission to honor my own values. And this is sometimes a courageous endeavor because our values are not always what we thought they were. We kind of may have gone through life thinking that we had one set of values as our priority, but really it was something else. This was a very difficult realization for me because a second step in establishing your values is to now put them in order of priority. Which value is actually taking the front seat? And throughout our lifetimes, that may change. And sometimes it's a stark contrast to what we think. 
Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest issues for our listeners that we've seen is not everybody has people in their corner trying to lift them to the next level. And even the people who are trying to help don't always know how. That's why Kevin and I created Next Level Group Coaching. It's a three-month program on teams of 10 with all people committed to achieving their goals. Click the link in the show notes for more information. And we only take 10 people at a time, so make sure you get in quick. I had to become very clear with myself and give myself permission to honor those values, even though they might be values that somebody else didn't have. You know, we, especially as moms and as women, we have expectations of us in terms of where our values and our priorities should be. And I found at one point when I had the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom that it wasn't fulfilling for me. Of course, family is one of my greatest values, but for that season in my life, I didn't want it to be the priority. I was burning to see growth and creativity and build a new business. That's what was burning inside of me. But I wasn't allowing myself, wasn't giving myself permission to live out those values because I was trying to uphold a value that society was telling me to hold as my highest value and that of dedicating my life to my children, dedicating every hour to my children. The truth is that when we're not in alignment with our values, we can't bring our very best. So even if I had pushed myself to live out somebody else's values of being a stay-at-home mom and giving them all of me all the time, I would not have been very good at it. It would have been a miserable experience for them because I wouldn't have been a happy mom. I wouldn't have shown them who I truly was. And it was when I looked in and of myself and I saw, wow, you have so many complex, beautiful values. Actually, your value of family and of parenting and of being a good mom can be expressed by showing your children what it's like when you listen to your own heart. You follow your own values, teaching them the tools that maybe they're not going to get anywhere else. And so you don't have to stay at home every day to show them that. They can actually see that when you step into who you really are and what matters to you. And you can show them other values, teach them other skills that you couldn't do if you were miserable and unhappy. So sometimes that's a hard mirror to look into, but it's always worthy. It's always worthy and it'll always bring you closer to a sense of success defined as you define it, set onto your own values that are integral to you. And this is the fascinating thing is each of us has such a different skill set and such a different set of values and The magic is how unique we each are. So we tend to compare ourselves to other people, but the truth is that there's no one like you and the world is just waiting for what you have to offer. You just have to give yourself permission to tap into those things and to honor those values. The magic is when you can take those values and there's the synergistic amalgamation with your dreams. Now we're talking about rocket fuel, setting you off for enormous success. So how do you understand what your values are? What is a practice you can do? Well, a very simple way, and there are so many ways, but a very simple way is to just sit and brainstorm values. Just once again, just as with dream dreaming and giving yourself permission to dream, You just sit with a piece of paper, find time and space by yourself, give yourself permission to do so, and start writing brainstorming values. Even if it has nothing to do with you, 
Just start listing them, coming up with them. Love, integrity, growth, honesty, community, service, um, commitment. Just start listing because you'll start to develop a flow of different types of values. What's important is that you use the own, your own words, that you don't take values from someone else. Because the English language is so beautiful and colorful and it has so much history and every word carries with it a certain feeling and brings up an emotion for each of us. And in fact, the words that you use bring up emotions specific to you because you have a history with that word. When I say the word wealth, it means something very different to me than it does to you. When I say the word flourish, it looks different to you. It feels different to you than it does to me. So choosing your own words for this list of values is very important. Now, the second step in this um, exercise is go back and now highlight all the words that have meaning to you. Where do you feel like these are values that are actually intrinsic to who you are? And we can use our life story as a guide. There's actually indicators in our life's history of when we felt really great. When did you feel really great? Was it when you were at that you know, on stage speaking? Was it when you felt like you had mastery over a certain skill? Was it when you were collaborating with other people? Was it in a relationship? Was it when you felt deep love or maybe when your body felt really good and you realized that actually health and the health of your body is a good, strong value of yours? So looking back over your lifetime, when did you feel great? Isn't that interesting that we're tapping again into how it feels? And what that's illuminating is when your neurochemicals were really giving you an indication of what matters to you. Because what makes your heart sing is very different to what my, makes my heart sing. So the important thing is focusing on how you feel. Now the third step is once you've highlighted all the values that have meaning to you, go back and circle just five. When we identify our five core values now you're beginning to build the scaffolding of your personal honor code, your personal personal manifesto for what is important to you. And what's beautiful is once again, taking those five core values and tying them into your dreams. If you're creating a business and you've created a business pro forma, take those personal values. If this is your business, link your personal values to your dream. Even if you're not a leader of a business, but you're a leader of your own dreams and you're following someone else's lead and you're working for someone, it's still important to tie your values to your work, to find the purpose behind it, to understand why this work is so important in this moment, even if it's a stepping stone, even if you know this isn't your forever work, what value is it fulfilling in this moment? And if it's not, then what are you going to dream next? If it doesn't feel great, what dream are you going to step back and dream for yourself next? And how are you going to tie those values in? Now, if you want the black belt version of this exercise, then you would, what you would do is find how this could serve others. What is 
behind your values and your dream that could actually improve the lives of others. Because when we can take our values and our dreams and attach them to a more, a greater purpose, to community, to saving the planet, to helping animals, when we give ourselves a purpose beyond ourselves, now we've just amplified our motivation for achieving our dreams. This is what Stephen Kotler talks about in terms of the social neurochemicals, oxytocin and serotonin, now we start building an even stronger support for realizing our dreams and for truly establishing our reality. Because once again, remember, that's how we started out this conversation, is that each of us has the ability to create our own reality. We just need to give ourselves permission along the way. We just need to listen to what is important to us. You know, Amelia Earhart said that the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. Here is a woman who defied the rules of her times. You know, she destroyed the gender gap when she tried to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, she was going to make things happen, so she knows a thing or two about reaching for dreams. But it's interesting because... For her, in her statement, she says, the difficult thing is the decision to act. And, you know, I bring up an argument against that because I think it's not always the decision. Decisions are easy. How many decisions have you made in your lifetime? And I'll give you an example of not only decisions, but resolutions. (laughs) Every January 1st, we make resolutions. And how many of those actually worked? You know what got stuck in the way? Permission where we trip up after we make the decision is the very next most important thing, and that is the permission to pursue. We've established our dream. We've established our values that can support and that can be synergistically intertwined with our dream. We've even given ourselves a greater purpose in terms of the community and the world at at large, some kind of impact we're going to have. And now we just need permission to go forward, permission to pursue. And what's interesting about the permission to pursue is there are many daughter permissions under that one that tend to slip us up over time. So a couple years ago, I decided to act on a dream, a dream of mine that was always to run a marathon. I'd wished this for the longest time. And it checked off so many of my boxes in terms of my value system. It really fulfilled a lot of those needs for me. And what the magic was, was when the Maine Children's Cancer Program approached me and they said, we'd love for you to run for our team, on our team, to help us raise money to support these families that have been impacted by uh, childhood cancer. And of course, that was all I needed. (laughs) That was all I needed. My dream was on fire. I had all the motivation I needed. I now had the purpose. Now I just had to give myself permission to pursue. And what's interesting is those daughter permissions, the first one was the permission to fail. 
I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with possibly not being able to follow through. I had to give myself permission to maybe sprain an ankle or maybe disappoint them in the end. I had to give myself permission because sometimes the fear of failure is so great that we don't even allow ourselves to start on that journey. So we have to give ourselves permission to fail in order to give ourselves permission to pursue. And the second permission, daughter permission of the permission to pursue is the permission to get back up. You know, when I did injure my ankle, I had to give myself permission to get back up. And I did that by revisiting the dream, by revisiting my values. There's a reason why I do this on a daily basis, because it reminds me of what's important. It reminds me of the destination. It reminds me that I can give myself permission to get back up again. Another very critical daughter permission in the permission of pursuit is the permission to start something new. It's fascinating because this permission is a challenge for a lot of people who have achieved some sort of success in their lives. Because you imagine yourself as an expert in an arena, it's very hard for you to imagine starting a new technique, a new talent, a new skill starting from ground zero. The thing is that elite athletes, high-performing achievers, incredible business leaders, they all know the secret. That is the permission to start something new, and they know that they're going to have to start from ground zero. They know they're going to have to crawl before they walk, before they run, before they fly. That is a process they've understood always, and they're not afraid to do so. It's that critical permission to be the stumbling person at the beginning of this adventure. You know, I knew that in order to run this marathon, first I was going to have to walk three miles or walk 30 seconds and then run 30 seconds and then build up to walking 20 seconds and running for a minute. And there was going to be this growth pattern over time. I had to give myself permission for that. Included in that is the permission to ask for help, the permission to seek a community of support. Sometimes that stands in our way. For me, with my marathon journey, I had to seek out a community of other runners who could be accountability partners for me. I had to seek out support from a nutritionist. How, how was I going to fuel myself over 26 miles? I'd never done this before. I had to find permission for myself to purchase a program, a training program. All of these things to create a team because none of us achieves anything great without support. Even if it's just the support of your family, the support of your friends, the support of a mentor, reaching out and giving yourself permission to include other people on your dream. Painting a portrait of your dream makes you a phenomenal leader. And that is how you achieve these great achievements that we see happening all around us. It's that simple. Just giving yourself permission to build up a team. There's also a permission to, t to uh, make sacrifices in your journey. That's a big one. I'm stumbling on the words because <laughs> it's so sensitive to me. Every dream is going to take some sacrifice. You know, when I said I wanted to run that marathon, I knew that I would have to take four hours every Saturday morning away from my family. 
Those were precious hours, especially when I worked all week. That was a sacrifice I had to give myself permission for and not feel bad about it. Once again, we're focusing on the feel-good part of this because the minute you start resenting or feeling fearful or start judging yourself, that's when you start to negate the power of this process. You have to keep focusing on the good feelings, which is why we return to the dream. We return to the values along the way and give ourselves permission to make sacrifices. Maybe we'll have to sacrifice some relationships along the way. Maybe we'll have to sacrifice some freedoms along the way. I had to sacrifice some choices in terms of what I ate to what I didn't eat or parties that I did or didn't go to before a very long run. I had to prepare my body. But I kept focusing on the dream, giving ourselves permission to make those sacrifices. And then permission to release judgment, permission to release expectations, permission to release excuses, all in the pursuit of your dream. Another daughter permission of the permission to pursue. The one trickiest one for me was the daughter permission, the permission to actually succeed. This has come up for me many times because sometimes we think to ourselves, wow, that goal is so big. What will my life look like if I actually get there? I hear this from a lot of people who come from a community where nobody in that community has done what they want to do. And they think, what am I going to be to them if I'm no longer one of them? Or let's take a more, a simpler example. If you've ever tried to um, lose weight and your husband's trying to lose weight and you think, geez, I'm losing weight a little quicker. We both have this dream of getting to a certain goal weight and I better hold myself back a little bit because he's feeling bad about it. What if I actually achieve this dream? Will it make a little rift in our relationship? What if I actually succeed? Does that mean that I have to get new friends? If I've relied on these friendships, this friendship group in my life, and we've always gossiped and had negativity, and one of my dreams is to live a life of positivity and happiness and empowerment, am I going to have to say goodbye to some of these friends? And sometimes just that fear of succeeding can prevent us from giving ourselves permission to pursue. What's really interesting is noticing what is it. What is it that's giving you pause, that's preventing you from pursuing your dreams? Once you've created that goal, once you've decided, you've made a resolution, where is the permission that you need from yourself, not from anybody else? If anyone said to you, here, you have my permission to run a marathon, would that make any difference? No. It's so funny because sometimes we think that when people say you can't do it, that it galvanizes us more just to prove them wrong. But what I've found is sometimes when someone says you can, it's equally as much pressure. What we have to do is give ourselves that permission. And how do you do this? You give yourself permission to take the first step. That's it. Just the first step. And then the next. And then the next. You know, in 2013, this incredible woman named Diana Nyad on, a, on August 31st, she landed on the shores of Key West, Florida, after having swum for 111 miles from Cuba to Florida. And the miracle of this occasion is that she was the first woman, man or woman, first human ever to have achieved this 
without a shark cage. What's even more incredible is that this was her fifth attempt. And I'm going to blow your mind even further. She was 63 years old. Even better than that, when she first tried, she was 31. So for 33 years, she tried to make this happen. For 33 years, she pursued this dream. And on August 31st of 2013, she finally accomplished it. It's miraculous. Even more miraculous is half a mile from her finish line when she has exhausted and she could see the finish line. It was finally there after 33 years. She stopped to tread water to thank and to sing happy birthday to one of her support crew members on her boat. She had 35 support crew members on the boat next to her, throwing her food in the water. She couldn't touch the boat ever, but they were there cheering her on day and night. They had been her counselors, her athletic trainers, her nutritionists, her coaches all along the way. And she recognized their value. She knew the importance of a support team. She knew the importance of a community of experts and of mentors. And she thanked them. She had done exactly what I was talking about. She had shown them her dream and brought them along for the ride. And she was grateful to them for that, for making her dream come true. And when she got out of the water and she had sea legs and she was stumbling all over and these big swollen lips from jellyfish stings and salt water and the cameras were all out taking pictures of her and she said, I have three things to say. Number one, it looks like a solo sport, but it takes a team. Number two, you are never too old. And I love that second one too, because how incredible is it that we sometimes put these limitations on us, whether it's age or money or history or experience or education or background or community, we give ourselves these limitations and age is just another example. You are never too old. You are never too old. And then number three, never give up on your dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. This has been such an incredible opportunity to be able to share with you. This is something I feel so passionate about. I know in my heart that each of us has the ability to create our own reality and that the only thing standing in our way is our own permission. Dr. Karen, thank you so, so much for joining thank us. Thank you. That tail end inspiring story of the 111 mile swim. Are you kidding me? I heard sharks and I was like, oh, <laughs> the three things she said, so powerful, especially that last one of never give up on your dreams. Yeah. 33 years, you said? 33 Amazing. Years? Can you believe it? I know. I know. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, the meetup is after this. If you're in Next Level Nation watching right now, you can click on the Zoom link. Join our team there to discuss what you heard on this keynote. Dr. Taryn, thank you so, so much for sharing your heart and soul and mind and body with us today. Thank you. Thank and we you. love you. We love you so very much. You absolutely crushed it. And it's a shame that you couldn't see us because there was many times where Alan and I did one of these of like, mm, mm -hmm. this, is, this is good stuff. Where can people find you, Taryn, before you go? Oh, absolutely. At thebizofhappiness.com or on the Business of Happiness podcast. It is an amazing podcast. You are an amazing human being. We have so much love for you and we are eternally grateful for you, Taryn. Right back at you. Thank you so much.
Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.